it is a provocation and it's likely meant to be a provocation. What Pelosi thought she would gain from this is hard for many experts to understand. The U.S. has been showing its support for Taiwan in lots of different, more clever ways, uh, such as sending their uh, Taiwan coordinator from the Defense Department to a number of countries, including Israel, well, where we met with him. And he talked about how countries should feel more comfortable in their relations with Taiwan, not be self-conscious about China. Of course, observe the one China policy, which is where, which is a, a, um, an effort towards strategic ambiguity, mm-hmm. where we say, yes, there's all, it's all China, but we don't specifically say whether one or the other is an independent country. So the options for how to handle standing up for the U.S. position, whatever it may be, strategic ambiguity, ambiguity or less of that, it wasn't necessary for Pelosi to say she's going to Taiwan. Once she said it, that was it. She has to go. She cannot uh, appear to be backing down to Chinese threats. And the Chinese on the other side, to understand the significance of Taiwan, it is a centerpiece of Xi Jinping's national rejuvenation. Mm -hmm. So if I may, a bit of history, but for 100 years, the Chinese were the sick man of of Asia. It started when uh, Western countries were able to take over aspects of control. China was very weak. uh, Only after the communists succeeded and established the People's Republic of China did it start to begin to recollect its, its strength. But it took many, many years. We know under Mao it was very problematic. Under Deng Xiaoping, uh, we saw a transformation into what you might call China Inc., very capitalist-oriented and very practical, very mercantilist. But in recent years with Xi Jinping, that is ending, and you might say ended, and uh, a more nationalist. Uh, we are returning to the centrality uh, that um, China deserves. We are the central country. You know, if you look at the character of China, we're the central country on the planet. And Taiwan is part of us. So if we're going to be strong and we're going to show our people that we're strong, we are going to reunify with Taiwan. And Xi Jinping set a deadline, 2049, 100 years after of the PRC. So we know this is really a critical thing for China. And therefore, Pelosi knew what she was doing. And uh, the question is, what now? Now, let me ask you, uh, there's a lot of saber raiding going on. There's the aircraft carrier Reagan being sent to the the waters there, and then the Chinese jets kind of flew close to Taiwan. I mean, they're going to go to war over this? Definitely not. I say that with a lot of confidence, although I'm challenged by many who are not necessarily uh, full experts on China. Many people think it could be war, but China really can't afford to go to war right now. Uh, it's well known that the 20th Party Congress, where Xi Jinping expects to receive a third term unprecedented for president of China since uh, um, uh, Mao passed away, and um, he needs stability for making that transition smoothly. War is the opposite in the extreme. So uh, he's suffering also from a lot of difficulties. The economy is dragging terribly. Uh, the zero COVID policy has been very problematic. S- uh, supporting Russia has led to many difficulties. I mean, it, it may be spun in different ways, but at the end of the day, it, it's causing a lot of internal uh, challenges. Uh, and there are also a lot of policy-driven economic challenges within China, unemployment, 
and, you know, cracking down on big tech, et cetera, et cetera. So a war would not be acceptable at this time. However, I think you will see a live fire exercise done by China Mm -hmm. uh, around her arrival. You will also, or or perhaps after she leaves, you'll also see um, it take place closer to the island. And I think what we will also find in the midterm, China will ramp up its presence in the Straits on the uh, islands that it has built up in the South China Sea and in the first island chain. Uh, This will have led to much more um, Chinese military presence. Let's bring this down to to our area, our neighborhood on Israel. How should Israel maneuver between the big superpowers here? I mean, the Chinese were going to uh, buy the port, build the port in Haifa, and we've been talked out of that by the Americans. How should Israel maneuver? Uh, first of all, I want to say the port comes up all the time. China's running a one of the ports that is there, and it's going quite smoothly, and it's not a security challenge. It was tested and checked, and it's fine. But it's very smart to diversify. So having Adani, uh, um, the Indian company, gain control over the other port is a smart move by Israel. And I don't think it needs to be coming from the United States. The way that we need to manage those two powers, and and I just want to say that for Israel, the one connection Israel has to the Taiwan issue right now with Pelosi is that more tension is not good, not for Israel, not for anyone. So Israel will also... Uh, you know, there will be ripple effects of this on Israel. But directly, we don't have any skin in that game. But I will say that, oh, in general, Israel needs to do what's good for Israel. Yes, we're in the American camp. China knows that. What we need is a comprehensive, coordinated policy that is developed based on an understanding of China. I mean, a China policy. We should have that probably with many countries, but it's especially important with China because it's a unique player it is a it is a unicorn in the world in that it is the only country that is top down managed with 350 million educated hardworking adults uh, willing to do what the leadership uh, is asking and leadership has a plan and the money to back it so it's a unique player and Israel needs to have its own policy which includes engagement absolute engagement but taking very uh, great concern over potential risks and what um, and national security issues for Israel. That should include the concerns of the U.S. because it is an important ally. Now, as an expert in China, uh, I'm looking at the mutuality of interest. What does China see in Israel? Innovation has been an important factor. In 2010, China said it's going to become the world's innovators and started to move towards Israel because of that. Uh, another um, important factor is that China is extremely in the Middle East. It has, since 2016, it's been the largest investor in the Middle East. And when the Belt and Road Initiative investments um, declined over the last few years, they grew in the Middle East. And the tech investment in our region is enormous. So Israel needs to be aware of what's going on with China throughout the region for our security and commercial interests. And China needs, is Uh, very concerned about maintaining good relations with Israel because they see Israel as a a regional superpower and that it needs to have those relations in order to manage and maneuver the different, uh, its different interests in the region. 